I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. There is one word that separates good turkey hunters from the masses. And on this episode, I'm going to talk about how sign may be the single most important part of turkey hunting. Hey, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bring new insights to all hunters. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today I want to talk about maybe the single most important part of turkey hunting has nothing to do with your gun, with your gear, with your fancy ammo, with anything that you can buy, has nothing to do with how long you've been hunting, and that is sign. There is no greater predictor of turkey hunting success than sign. People try to substitute all sorts of other things. People spend so much time in the woods, so many dollars out of their checking account, or often just straight out of their credit card. They don't know how they're going to pay for it, but they think if they buy it, they're going to be a better turkey hunter. And guys, by and large, there is no greater predictor of turkey hunting success than sign. Because no matter what you do, no matter how many hours or days or weeks you spend in the woods without coming out again, if there aren't turkeys there, it's for nothing. All right? It is absolutely for nothing. You have got to have turkeys there. And not just there, but there when you're hunting. Right? It's not enough just that turkeys were there a month ago and they came through one day or they came through a couple times. They've got to be there now or you're not going to be able to hunt them. And year after year, good hunters waste so much time hunting areas where turkeys ought to be, in their opinion or according to the terrain, or according to the food sources, or according to what all the books say, or all the TV shows say, or this place looks just like a place on TV where they shot a lot of turkeys. And people just go and they'll sit for weeks at a time in an area, in one spot, or in an area of several spots, trying to hunt turkeys, and they never see a turkey. And there are no turkeys there. And But they think, well, this should be a place where turkeys are. 
well, should be a place where turkeys are, is one thing. Is a place where turkeys are, that is a totally different thing. And almost every turkey hunter I know or aspiring turkey hunter I know that has had trouble taking turkeys is not hunting somewhere where they have good turkey sign. Or they've not even made an attempt to look for turkey sign. All right, this, guys, this is by and large, there is no one thing more important than this. You can mess up a lot of stuff turkey hunting. You can botch a lot of things. Your camo can be bad, and you can still take turkeys. Your hide can be bad, and you can still take turkeys. You can make noise sometimes, and you can still take turkeys. You can have the oldest, most ricketyest shotgun shooting target loads, and you can still take turkeys. In fact, that's really one of the less important things is your gun and your ammo. Now, the single most important thing to take turkeys are turkeys being there. I know of a guy that was trying to get turkeys off his property. They're just, they're, they were a pest. They were a nuisance. It's kind of hard for some people to believe, but there are states where the turkeys are a pest animal. He grabbed his shotgun, walked right outside, walked right up to a turkey at 10 yards and shot it. And I was like, you know, on one hand, I'm like, that is so unsportsmanlike. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, it is not that hard to kill turkeys. You know, I mean, of course, you know, those are pest turkeys, so they're less careful or wary about humans. But the bottom line is it is not that hard or impossible to shoot a turkey. But there's got to be turkeys there. All right. You can, you know, you could spook a turkey every day and eventually finally get lucky and shoot one if there are turkeys there. And the best way you can learn is by messing up, spooking turkeys and making mistakes with turkeys. But you got to have turkeys. And so year after year after year, I know people that go into the woods and they don't get a turkey and they don't get a turkey. Now, don't get me wrong. Anybody can get skunked. Anybody can hunt hard and get skunked for a season or two seasons. But you know, you start getting to 5, 10, 15 years hunting turkeys and you've never shot a turkey or you haven't shot a turkey for 10, 15 years. All right, there's a problem. There's a problem there. And the problem is not your gear. It may not be your stealth. It may not be your camo. It may not be how quiet you are. It may not be your tactics and your strategies. It might not be your calling. It's you're not hunting over sign. All right. Now, you know, you got running and gunning, which is you're going through the woods, trying to find places where turkeys are and just on the move, keep covering ground. And you're like, well, if I do that, I don't need sign. What? What makes you think that? You should be out scouting those places that you plan to run and gun and try to figure out where the turkeys are. You should be there weeks before the season starts on foot with cameras, being out there in the morning. Doesn't have to be at the crack of dawn listening for gobbles. That's nice and all, but hey, you know, I'm a realist. I'm not usually in the woods at five in the morning, three weeks before the season starts listening for gobbles. I got stuff to do. I got a family. I got a job. I like to sleep. But you know what? You can head out in the woods for an hour or two on a Saturday, nine in the morning and listen for gobbles. Walk around. Go where you plan to hunt. 
and see if you can find any signs, see if you can find any tracks, see if you can find any feathers, any droppings, see if you can hear any gobbles, see if you get some binoculars and see some turkeys. You gotta have sign. There's no way to hunt turkeys, no method, no strategy where sign is not important. Now, of course, if you're going to pick one place and sit there all day, sign matters much more than it does if you're going to cover 10 miles in a day. All right, because if you're going to just sit in one location, you've got one shot, one chance, you're not going to move. And if there's not turkeys there, your chance is zero. Whereas if you're covering 10 miles, your chances of getting lucky are at least there. Even if you've not done any scouting, even if you don't know of any sign, you can get lucky at least. But guys, you gotta have sign. Now, how, what's the best way to, to find sign or to decide this is sufficient sign? Well, number one is hearing gobblers, right? Because you want to hunt gobblers. So if you can hear or see gobblers, that is the best sign that there is. And the two main ways of doing that are with binoculars and trail cameras. Now, I'm a huge fan, a huge proponent of trail cameras. I think they are astronomically effective and helpful in order to scout turkeys. That said, they're not an option for everybody. And depending on how you hunt, they may not be an option for you. Trail cameras aren't cheap. Even the cheapest of the cheap ones, you're still probably somewhere around 50 bucks a camera. And then you got to have a card. And then you got to have batteries. And you want it to last more than three days. So you probably want to have lithium-ion batteries, especially if it's cold outside. And people ask me all the time. Well, I shouldn't say all the time. But people do ask, you know, are the lithium-ion batteries really something you should run in a trail camera? My answer is unequivocally yes, absolutely yes, and only yes. And the reason I say that is this. Do lithium-ion batteries cost more? A lot more. A lot more. However, they do last a lot longer. A lot longer. Not a short bit longer. The lithium-ion batteries last as long as they cost more. But what they also do is they maintain their voltage output right up until the end. Right up until they die. And so that can be a little deceiving. So you might have a trail camera and it's like, okay, what's the percentage of battery left? And it's going to read 100% for maybe a year. And then the next day it's dead. All right. It, you kind of get that effect sometimes with the lithium ion batteries. It drops to 90% or 85% and then it's dead. And these batteries, they hold their voltage. They hold their power output right up until the end. Whereas alkaline batteries, they start to drop off in their voltage very quickly. You know, uh, a th through a third of their life, after a third of their life has done, their battery voltage starts to drop, which is part of the reason why these cameras need eight batteries. So they can get enough voltage, they can get enough power to, to maintain operations even if the batteries start to drop voltage because they do immediately. Whereas lithium batteries they do not drop their voltage immediately. They hold very close to their, their, their marketed voltage right up until the end, which means you don't get diminishing camera performance or video performance, and it holds its ability, it holds its power, 
and and its ability to, to shoot sh- shot after shot or video after video. It doesn't start getting fritzy. It doesn't start getting weird. It doesn't start flaking out on you. And it holds that power right up until the end. And actually, you can get more videos, more photos out of lithium-ion batteries comparative to cost than alkaline because alkaline batteries, they still might have 20% of their power left, but they no longer have enough voltage to run the camera. Whereas lithium batteries, I mean, they keep running that camera almost right up until they are absolutely just stone dead as a battery. And so you often get more performance per dollar out of lithium batteries than alkaline batteries because you're able to use up the whole battery and the battery itself holds a lot more power and it holds that power even in the coldest temperatures. Whereas as soon as it starts getting cold and it gets cold in turkey season, especially the months before turkey season when you need those cameras the most, as it gets cold, the alkaline batteries, they really suffer in their power output, whereas the lithium batteries are much better. So if you know, if a lithium battery costs three times more than an alkaline battery, it may well give you four or five times more performance. So it's definitely worth it. However, you know, if you keep up a lot of cameras, which is often the case for what you would want to do for turkey hunting, it gets expensive quick. You're like, okay, so you get five trail cameras, which is a lot in my opinion. Five cameras, say you get $50 cameras, cheap ones, okay? You know, that's 250 bucks in cameras. Okay, well, they all need a memory card. And that memory card needs to be big enough in order to hold, you know, a few weeks worth of footage. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. So maybe you've got, you know, another $10 per camera in memory card. Well, you have to have 
more than one memory card per camera. You have to have at least two because when you go to check these cameras, you take the old card out, you put a new card in. So then maybe you're tied up. You know, cards aren't that expensive these days. Maybe $10 for two 32 megabyte or gigabyte cards. So you're up now, you know, $300 in cameras. Okay, well now you need batteries. So you're going to do lithium batteries. You need eight batteries per camera. I'm just ballparking some math right now. I'm not looking at prices of batteries today. They will certainly change by the time you hear this episode. But maybe that's another... Oh, I don't know, $15 in batteries per camera. All right, well, that's, you know, 15 times 5. That's another 75. You're up at $375 in your camera setup to have five cameras. And now I wish I could say that's just a one-time cost. But you're going to need those batteries every year, at least. And so... Say you're just using them for turkey season, which you're not. You're going to use them for deer season and stuff. But one set of lithium batteries might last you through turkey season and deer season. At least through the part of deer season that you need to, to prep and pick your spots. And so, you know, that's $75 a year now, every year. But the cameras are not one-time buys either. They don't last forever. You know, if you can get the, I would say if you get two years out of a camera, you've done good. You know, any longer than that and and you have definitely got your money's worth. But I'm going to say the average camera life is two seasons. Now there are better cameras out there. Absolutely. One of my favorite cameras on the market right now are Exodus trail cameras, uh, but they cost drastically more. However, they come with a five-year warranty. So, you know, you got to weigh it out. And now if you're using, you know, if you got to buy half of those cameras back every year, so that's 250 in cameras, you're at 125 to buy a new one, replace one every two years, plus your 75 in batteries, you know, you're at 200 bucks a year now to have five trail cameras every year, right? That is not cheap. That's a lot of money. Now, maybe you can spread it out some. You replace the cameras when you die. You replace the batteries when they die. But that's not cheap. That's more cameras than I keep up. It is. I keep up two and a half cameras on average. When I say a half, I, the one I don't run the whole year. I just don't, I don't keep replacing the batteries. I use that camera for turkey season, and I use it for the beginning of deer season, and then I let it go because it's just too much. So I've got two to three cameras that I keep up at all given times. Five is a lot, all right? It is a lot. Now, if I had more spots to hunt, more properties, I might keep up more cameras. But, you know, you one, you can only check so many cameras on a consistent basis. And then you can only maintain and keep buying and replacing and getting batteries for so many cameras. And turkey hunting, especially if you're running and gunning, you're talking about big pieces of land where you'd need a lot of cameras. And so that really becomes difficult cost-wise and time-wise. It's not just money. You know, say you're really well off and you're like, $250 a year in cameras is nothing. I'll do a thousand. Great. So you're going to keep up, you know, however many cameras that is. What's that, 30? That's a lot of time. When are you going to check these cameras? You know, that's a lot of cameras to go check. And then you got to look at the footage. 
I've got one camera. I could have a thousand videos on it in three weeks. A thousand. Now they're only 10 second videos. So that's only 30,000 seconds. Uh, but I mean, who's watching all this footage? That's one camera. So say you got 30 of those. You, you have to hire somebody to watch all the footage, synthesize the data down, and then give you some sort of meaningful information. That's just, that is un, that's just unreasonable for most people. There are some folks that hunt deer and they are, you know, super into it and they'll keep up a dozen cameras or more and, you know, they'll check them just a couple times a year and they're, you know, they're only looking for deer of a certain type and they just scroll through each everything and then wipe the card. They'll get a couple videos here and there that are meaningful to them, but it's work. It's a hobby. Trail cameraing is a hobby. You get above five cameras. You're talking about a lot of footage to keep up with. And then they keep organized, right? You know, if you've got two, three, four, five cameras, you can keep in your head. Okay, this one's here. This one's there. This one's here. This one's in that place. But you got 30 cameras. You're losing track of where was this camera at? Where are these turkeys at? Where, where did this happen? And then, oh, God forbid you forget that you changed the batteries and you didn't reset the clock and you have no idea when those turkeys were there. What month was that? What year? You know? And it just it can become cumbersome and overwhelming. And so trail cameras, I think, are a fantastic tool, but their use is limited. You can do a lot more on foot looking for sign in a big area faster and probably more efficient than you can with a fleet of cameras. I still recommend having some cameras though. Anywhere that you intend to make a spot to sit and to focus on, you know, you should have a camera there. You, you gotta have some concrete sign and there's not many better ways to get concrete sign than having a trail camera. However, like I said, limited. So maybe you've got two or three targeted spots and you keep up two or three cameras. Great. But it's only part of a strategy. You also, one, you got to find the right spots. Why would you even put a camera here? What, what makes you think this is a place where turkeys are going to be that you're going to see them on camera? And so you got to, you have to have some scouting prowess before you can even effectively implement a camera. And then how long do you leave a camera somewhere? You know, am I going to leave a camera here for three months and then find out, oh, there's no turkeys there. Well, that was a waste of one of my cameras. Now, you got you to gotta put a camera out for a much shorter amount of time, maybe two weeks. And then come back and say, okay, nothing here. We got to move. We need to focus on some other spots. So if you get started seriously in scouting, maybe six to eight weeks before the season, you can use cameras to great effect in your scouting. You really can. But you gotta, you gotta find sign before you set up cameras. And so one of the best things you can do, wait till you get a good rain, good saturated rain, and then go out two days later scouting looking for tracks, looking for footprints, looking for where have the turkeys been in the last two days since that rain happened. This is huge. There's a, a huge property I used to hunt 
it's changed hands, changed ownership uh, since I was able to hunt there or some years ago. It's very sad to me. I just I sort of fell in love with this property. It was one of man, it was the first place I ever hunted. Beautiful property, amazing. Love to go there. Um, but the bottom line is, it had some logging roads and some other areas where there'd be big puddles and just stretches of wet road. And those puddles were there. I mean, all spring. All spring. They maybe in the summer they dry up some, but you had some serious puddles, you know, gas line roads, things like that. And so turkeys like to walk those kind of roads. And so you could walk those roads and you could look in the puddles and you could see where has there been turkeys in the last few days. At almost any time during the spring, whether it rained recently or not, those puddles are gonna be there till summer. And you're talking about, you know, some puddles could be twenty yards long. Just the ruts in the gas line road, wherever it was flat enough to make a puddle. And so you could walk through there. You could say, hey, hey, there's been a lot of turkeys right around here. All right. So now you got a now you got some idea. You got some insight. You got some 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 intel that you're able to leverage. And of course, you get nice clear spots like that. You can see droppings really easily. You can see feathers really easily. However, you can't hunt turkeys on those roads. I mean, maybe in some places you can. You can. I'm not saying legally. I'm just saying it's hard to, you can't just sit down in the middle of a road and hunt a turkey. But maybe you can find some place close by where you can set up. But the bottom line is now you know they're in the area. So now you got to start looking for places where you'll hunt them. Okay, where are they roosting? Where are they feeding? Let's start looking for more sign. Let's look for scratchings. Let's start looking for dusting areas. Let's start looking for strut zones. Let's start coming in there maybe earlier in the morning and listen for turkeys and try to find where in these places the turkeys really are. All right, so you gotta find sign. Now, a lot of people don't have a lot of time to go out scouting. I got that, I get it. So when you're hunting, you're also scouting. Every hunt you're scouting. And you know, a lot of times people, they do get a turkey on the first day because they've scouted for weeks beforehand and everybody thinks, wow, you're so lucky. And they're like, I've been working for weeks. You know, this is not really the first day. I've been doing this for weeks. I've got days and days logged in the woods. This is just the day where finally I was able to exercise all that intel and it all came together. But say you're not able to scout much and you get out there. Well, day one, whether you shoot a turkey or not, and chances are statistically not, you're scouting. You're looking, you're listening, you're searching, you're trying to find, okay, if I don't get a turkey today, where am I going to go next time? Where are the turkeys? You're listening. You're, you're doing everything that you can do to find sign. And so sometimes, you know, could take you couple days could take you a couple weeks to dial it in and and finds a couple good spots that are hot that season well you could have spend those weeks pre-season scouting preparing but hey whatever you did it now so that's fine now you got to exercise that you can't just keep going to the same spot where there aren't any turkeys and i did a whole episode about this recently just you know, people doing the same thing year after year, not getting turkeys year after year, then they get fed up with turkey hunting. Well, that's 
That's just because you're you're stupid. You're doing stupid turkey hunting. You can't keep doing the same thing, getting no success, expecting results. Now, of course, you could get lucky every now and again. Just there were some turkeys passing by 300 yards away. They maybe heard your call and came in. But, you know, to get one turkey every 10 years, that's not good enough for me. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Or I want to have better success rates than that. You might not get a turkey every year. And you got to be okay with that. But you should definitely get more turkeys than you don't. I mean, year after year. You should definitely have more years where you take turkeys than years where you don't take turkeys. And the number one predictor of that is exactly what we're talking about today, and that's hunting over sign. And oftentimes, and I've said this for years, you find a spot where there's turkeys in the spring, there is a good chance there will be turkeys there next year also. Now, unless it's just, you know, some buffoon has bumped the flock from where they want to be, and they're just, you know, migrating through to find another place, but if you look, go out scouting before the season, you say, hey, there are turkeys here. And you got some cameras set up or some binoculars. And you put eyes on some turkeys and you find some sign. And for weeks, there are turkeys there. Chances are next year, there will probably be turkeys there too. Never for sure. But you get two or three years where there's always turkeys in a particular spot in the spring. It's likely every year, almost every year, there'll be turkeys there as well. Because something about that spot, that habitat, that landscape, that food, that cover, and sometimes it's just the open area. It's not the cover that's the draw. It's the fact that there's some open area. Whatever it is that's drawing turkeys there, they may not be there any other part of the year, but they're there in the spring. Because that time of the year, they like it there. And that's the way turkeys are, guys. Turkeys will move, they'll go miles to find the habitat that they like that time of the year. There are places that I hunt, never see a turkey there any other time except in the spring. There are other places, there are only turkeys there in the winter time. Other places, it seems like they're only there in the middle of summer. And it's because they like that habitat at that time of year in that spot. It just draws turkeys. And so this scouting that you're putting in, it's not just a one-time thing that has no value once the season's over. You're adding that value and that knowledge and that insight over years 
And that is helping you year after year. There's one place that I hunt that is a, a spring turkey hotspot. I don't think I've ever... Uh, there was one year I hunted there where I didn't see or hear a turkey. But I was only there one day. Every other year I have seen, heard, or shot a turkey in the spring on this property. And they just like to be there. And next year, you know, I don't need to scout it as hard as I did five years ago. Because I know this is a turkey hotspot. But I'm still going to set up some cameras. I'm still going to go out and check for sign and confirm sign. Because I know nothing's for sure. And if there aren't any turkeys there next year, I don't want to hunt there for two weeks. Right? I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to focus somewhere else. I'm going to put that time investment somewhere else. Because I want to get a turkey. I don't just want to go turkey hunting. I want to get a turkey. That's my, that's the goal. I've hunted too many years in a row. When I was getting started. Before I knew anything I'm telling you guys today. Where I didn't get a turkey. And now I think what the last. I think I got turkeys three out of the last four seasons. Right, way, way better averages than when I first started and went four seasons with no turkeys. All right, it's, it's, but it's all about sign. It's all about hunting where the turkeys are. I've hunted on the ground. I've hunted in blinds. I've hunted on foot. But if you're not hunting where there are no turkeys, you're not going to get turkeys. So that's what it all comes down to. You got to hunt over sign. You could be in an area that's the perfect area. If there's no turkeys, leave. Go somewhere else. Look for turkeys. Look for sign. If you find good fresh sign, hunt that. You're like, well, this is the perfect area for turkeys. Open hardwoods, food sources, water, cover over there. This is perfect. Yeah, you might think so. Maybe the turkeys think so another time of year. But if they're not there now, you shouldn't be there now. So don't waste time in places that don't have turkeys. Just the same, if you find turkeys, that's where you double down, right? If you've, if you've got lots of sign and you're hunt there for a day and there's no turkeys, I would probably go back to that place. You know, last year, last season, I hunted a particular place. I think it was day three or four before I saw a gobbler. But there were turkeys there every single day. Not a day went by where I didn't see a turkey, where I didn't have a turkey within 20 yards of me. They just were only hens. But I'm like, hey, I'm not going anywhere else. I know there are turkeys here. I've got trail cameras, videos of gobblers. I've heard gobbling. None have come close enough. None have come into my zone, into my area where I could hunt them. I didn't see any. But I know there are turkeys here. So this is where I'm going to double down. I, you know, I don't know about you guys. I don't typically have a dozen different places that there's turkeys crawling all over them. That I just rotate wherever I feel like going in a given day. If I find hot turkey activity, I'm going to double down there. Even if I don't see a turkey this day. Even if I don't see or hear any gobblers this day. But if there's turkeys around and I keep seeing turkeys or I keep seeing sign or I keep hearing birds... I may not hunt the same tree every day. I might not hunt the exact same point, but I'm going to hunt in that area and I'm going to try to work those birds. Now, if you do have options and you go to a place for a couple days in a row and yeah, there may be turkeys about, but it just doesn't pan out for you. They're not coming to where you are. You got to know when to cut your losses. 
And I've hunted places before where I hunt three days in a row and a turkey never came closer than maybe two, three hundred yards. And it became a pattern, right? They'd, they'd, you'd hear them roost, they'd come down, they'd go this way, they'd never come any closer than that, then they'd just disappear. And I'm like, well, there's turkeys here, kind of, but I can't get to where they are because of the property lines. I can't get any closer than two or 300 yards because of the property lines. And they're never coming over to me. Well, I'm probably not going to hunt a whole season in that spot. I might give it two, three, four hunts. But once I figured out, okay, this is the pattern. This is what keeps happening every day. I'm going to change gears. I'm going to change gears. I'm going to look for another spot. I'm going to, I'm going to shift my focus elsewhere because turkeys do have some habits. And if their habits are on the adjacent property, sometimes you can pull them over. Sometimes you can get lucky. Sometimes you can. But nothing's for sure in turkey hunting. And so if their established pattern is keeping them away from me and all of my best efforts for days at a time, I'm going to change gears. I'm going to I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to look for sign elsewhere. You know, property lines can be very frustrating. I feel like some of those situations, like I could guarantee I could bring home one of those turkeys after enough days if I could go different place, if I could move. You know, if there weren't property lines there, if you wouldn't be trespassing to set up in a more advantageous spot. But hey, that's just the way that it is. And so you gotta you gotta be able to you gotta be flexible. Um, you know, if it was public land, I would never leave that area. There's turkeys there every day. I can hear them. I can, you know, I hear them roost. I hear them gobble. I can hear them in the distance. Um, but so I'm going to move. I'm going to get to where the turkeys are. I'm going to set up closer to where they're roosting. If there's public land and I can just go wherever that, that would be, you know, it's like the Holy grail of situations, same place every day, doing the same thing every day. So I just adjust until I finally put myself into the right situation and opportunity. But when you got private land and property borders and small parcels and you can't get permission, then you just you just got to do the best you can do with it. And that's all you can do. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you today. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes. Please do head to iTunes and leave a five-star review with comments. The number one way to grow the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for watching. Please do send me a picture of the turkey that you take this season. And until next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods.